Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here for playoff. Yes, playoffs. Uh, we are here to discuss the playoffs. We made it here. And uh, before we jump into all the action and our picks for the wild card round, which uh, I know a lot of people, if you still have money left from taking our picks uh, throughout the regular season, um, you get to use it on your wild card games this week, and we'll see uh, how well we do there. But Dylan, before we dive into that, uh, I guess there's probably a little bit more to talk about here, and something that a lot of people have their eye on, and that is uh, the always enjoyable coaching carousel. Yeah, looking forward to the playoff games, obviously, first and foremost. But during this week, it helps pass the time as a lot of teams don't have uh, – there's not as much news coming out from a lot of these teams that don't make the postseason. So we get our fix of NFL drama and a lot of times even the offseason in general for these franchises. There's a lot of things that happen that are more interesting than some of the week-to-week things that are outside the games themselves in terms of the quotes that you kind of get the average generic answers. And now we're getting some weird stuff. We're having uh, Dan Schneider actually saying uh, – happy thanksgiving instead of happy new year <laughs> during the uh, ron rivera press conference there's all sorts of fun stuff happening but uh, yeah the, a lot of these rumors there's some things that are probably just that but also uh some things that have a little bit more to them yep and uh we're gonna go ahead and jump into those because uh the coaching uh searches are hot and heavy for a lot of these teams and to be honest there are not as many teams looking for a coach as we sort of expected i think um Mm -hmm. there were a couple more that we probably identified and and expected uh to be perhaps making a coaching change i think the two i would look at would be the jags and the falcons we knew the falcons weren't going to make a move uh, before we even got to to week 17 but uh, the jags Maybe surprised some people uh, with Doug Marone coming back, but now with Tom Coughlin not there, uh, maybe he gets uh, an opportunity here to see what they can do. Uh, but we will start with the Redskins, Dylan, because they have made a hire, and uh, despite Dan Snyder still uh, being in charge, <laughs> um, they're going to do what they can do. And Ron Rivera is going to try to do what he can to turn 
this uh, franchise around here, and you know, you look at all the different openings, and I mean, certainly you look at what he's been able to accomplish in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you probably could have seen him as a fit for the majority of these teams, to be honest, just because of his yeah. sort of coaching style and what he emphasizes. Um, but really, you know, the more I think about it, aside from like we said, the leadership structure there for the team. Um, it's not a bad move because that the NFC East, as we can see right now, is a mess. Um, and perhaps it's not the worst place to go. You've got you know a mm-hmm. young type of you know you've got some young playmakers, Terry McLaurin. You don't really know quarterback position what that's going to look like uh, with Dwayne Haskins, how he progresses. But you know, otherwise uh, there is guys is there. Um, you know that defense at times wasn't terrible. Uh, and so, I don't know. Like, the more I look at this, uh, again, if you just put aside that we, we see the failures of the organization as a whole, and that not not necessarily meaning on the coaches mm-hmm. or the players, uh, but it it's not a bad move, maybe. No, I think for the Redskins, from their point of view, absolutely a smart hire. Uh, I, I think Robert Mays put it best, a certified adult. Uh, it's nice to have that as your head coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rivera has obviously the track record with what he did developing Cam Newton. It's going to be a much different kind of team he's taking over uh, considered, compared to Carolina back in, I think it was 2011, compared to this Redskins team. But yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot of young players that we've talked highly about on this uh, team at skill positions now. Uh, I know Ron Rivera's already talked about uh, talking to Trent Williams to see if they can kind of figure that whole thing out and hopefully bring him back that would be a huge plus not just for Dwayne Haskins but just this franchise itself having some sort of stability especially given all the things that happened mostly I believe between uh, Williams and now fired or let go of mutually parted ways Bruce Allen so I don't know how much of the issue was with Dan Schneider so hopefully yeah you you get a guy like Ron Rivera um, probably the best case scenario if you're a Redskins fan in terms of someone that can hopefully deal with (laughs) Dan Schneider you can't really (laughs) unlike a lot of uh, GMs and coaches you can't really get rid of many owners unless they do something pretty horrific and i know uh yeah dan schneider is definitely not <laughs> the most beloved owner but uh you know if he lets ron rivera do his job kind of control this whole thing uh i could see them turning it around maybe not next year necessarily but they've like you said this division is not uh there's no clear-cut team that's just ready to dominate for years to come like uh, the way that we kind of feel like the chiefs and the afc west or the ravens maybe even at this point now in the afc north there's no team in this division that is just sticking out and saying you know we're gonna hold down the fort for a long time the redskins have just as, as easily can you know make a leap as the you know the giants that are down there in the cellar with them and now i think for they're kind of by losing to the Giants late in the season they kind of won really by getting the number two pick and potentially Chase Young which would be huge for their defensive line so yeah I think yeah out of the out of the jobs that are available for Rivera I I don't know if it's the the best one necessarily but I I I mean I'm looking at it now and you know there's only so many where obviously the Cowboys job technically isn't even open yet so uh, maybe there isn't a better uh, situation for him at this point (laughs) yeah no when you compare it to the others I mean really I don't know. I mean, I guess you could look at the Giants and feel like you'd be more – you'd have a better situation quarterback-wise and and Mm -hmm. running back-wise and maybe uh, we're looking at it like that. But as we know, I mean, the Giants are a mess too. It's not like they're – you know, it's not like the defense is any good. Like, just there's lots of opportunity here. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think it's a bad move. And really it's just a matter of are the Redskins going to get in their own way at this point. Uh, That's usually (laughs) what it comes down to. Um, We'll get back to the NFC East here in a second. But – 
Uh, we go from Ron Rivera's new team to his old team, the Panthers. Um, here's what I guess we know, and we're just going to run through sort of what's been reported on this. And yes, mm-hmm. there could be more that come up because um, we don't really know. We we know how this works, still, and there everybody's on everybody's interview list. Like you'll get, you know, when these interviews happen, we don't have any idea. Um, Eric Bieniemy, who we talked about with the Chiefs on the last episode, we knew. Uh, He would get some attention. Uh, He's going to continue to get attention, and uh, he's going to be on this list for a couple different teams. He is on the Panthers list. It sounds like he's interviewing whether he already has or not. Uh, I think they Mm -hmm. mentioned Thursday as a possibility, so maybe he already has. If not, uh, he's going to. Josh McDaniels, uh, (laughs) we might as well just throw into the mix everywhere. Um, He's going to interview for the Panthers, so there's another one you add to the list here. Uh, As we said, I mean, look, you have Christian McCaffrey, um, that's that's going to be a nice draw for two offensive coaches like Bieniemy and McDaniel's for sure. Uh, other guys who who get into the mix, we don't know. Mike McCarthy uh, certainly mm-hmm. there's a connection there, as we know. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he lands that job. Uh, but I mean, knowing that you and we we did we kind of went into this one a bit more than others on the on the previous episode. Uh, mm-hmm. The quarterback situation is very unclear, but you have Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, defensively they have to get some. Their run defense was just awful. Yeah. Um, Um, They've got to get some things figured out. But like we said, you can build around Christian McCaffrey. Not the worst place to be. Yeah, if there's one thing you're going to fix in your team, I mean, having the star power that they do is not uh, an easy thing to just find. And so you you think about guys that are able to plug holes and kind of fit the spots that they need. It's not as hard to imagine the Panthers having a quicker turnaround maybe than some of these teams outside of the Cowboys. So, yeah, um, the names all all look great. And, I mean, overall, they're – uh, this year and you know past years as well but especially this year I've, there's so many quality candidates it's almost more about uh, instead of it kind of used to seem like if you had an open job and you got the opportunity you would take it for any NFL head coaching job now these guys are especially Josh McDaniels uh, we saw what, what happened with Indianapolis um, and other guys that have stayed in coordinator jobs they're not going to jump until they really like the opportunity uh, and I think this is a good one for uh, if McDaniels did want to be uh, find a new team uh, it could be an interesting one for him I don't think that will happen i just feel like if he, <laughs> he unless he really knew that andrew luck was going to retire i don't know how there was a better opportunity than what he was going to have with the colts yeah um before frank wright got hired so i looked down the list yeah the enemy uh, an option obviously andy reeds talked really highly about him being available or uh, sorry ready at this point to be a head coach he understands how to you know build a, a structure top down kind of the whole deal that a lot of guys as we talked about with freddie kitchens allegedly you know just didn't have kind of the head coach experience and really a, uh, a fundamental idea didn't have the leadership to really know what he was getting into and being enemy with being so long with Andy Reid he's prepared him for this and uh, it could be an interesting fit as well yeah I, I saw Mike McCarthy already interviewed uh, I mean McCarthy similar maybe to Ron Rivera in terms of a structural guy obviously yeah. his uh, we, we talked previously you know way back on this podcast about how the Packers and Aaron Rodgers kind of grew tired of the same scheme on offense it didn't really adapt over time so unless I mean I know McCarthy there's the whole thing about him uh, just you know basically scouting like this whole season watching all the games kind of just mm-hmm. having doing his own little like you know maybe what Gruden uh, John Gruden kind of did for years and years as the uh, ESPN Monday Night Football commentator you get to kind of just see the trends and kind of see overall what's happening and step away so maybe that's that will help McCarthy as he possibly jumps back in all these are great options and I think yeah Cam Newton I know we talked about it last time uh, I know the, the most recent article today was about how Panthers players might leave if, if he's let go 
as well or, or you know refuse the play so yep. <laughs> you have that kind of thing going on it sounds like whoever comes in is probably going to try to figure it out with cam and at this point i don't see why you re- wouldn't really i mean uh unless there's some other great option that you're gonna be able to find out there um i don't i don't think there's any reason they wouldn't run it back with cam if he's fully healthy in 2020 all right well here's where i'm gonna start my guesses okay and like i said i didn't say you know this is pure guesses on my part i'm trying to play (laughs) i'm trying to do the dominoes here of the coaching carousel so my -hmm. guess is that eric Bieniemy or mike mccarthy are going to be in carolina so i'm going to take i'm going to take that as my guess right now because there's a reason why and i don't think it's josh mcdaniels because i think there's a job that is perfectly fit for Josh McDaniels, and we'll get to that. Um, but I feel like it's going to be one of those two. But as we know, other coaches could pop into the mix. Um, I know Greg Roman, someone, of course, yep. uh, he's going to be on this list for several of these teams. We don't, we're not going to bring him up as much because he's probably going to be someone that that's going to get attention from everyone. Um, he'll at least be someone that interviews. Uh, but you know, maybe that's an option. I don't know. Uh, but like we said, I, I, I'm going to go with that as my two guesses right now, and that that could change as we know you never predict this stuff uh but i'll take the enemy or mccarthy to the panthers so there you go there's my my prediction yes i'm not picking one i'm picking two um <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go the browns because uh we spent a lot of time ridiculing the browns at times this year and rightfully so um and they're already i mean look it's it's i don't know like the to me i hate to say this but i don't trust the browns to get this right i just i don't know how you could at this point um but what we know is again it's it's the same cast of characters here uh you're gonna have mike mccarthy someone who is interviewing you know reportedly whether that's right you know today uh this weekend sometime josh mcdaniels he'll take an interview with him um you know urban meyer's a name that that would obviously make sense for many Mm -hmm. reasons uh from a logistical standpoint all the other things to go into it but we did have the report out which uh, we wrote about on clutch points about how you know the haslams want someone who has nfl coaching experience and perhaps that would certainly you wouldn't you wouldn't put urban meyer into that mix so what do you believe no. <laughs> what don't you believe who knows i don't think the browns know what they believe um so to me this is the biggest wild card because i legitimately mm-hmm. I have no idea what direction ultimately they're going to go. I could very well see Mike McCarthy being the guy there because you do have a quarterback that, while he struggled, we know the potential's there. Uh, you got OBJ. You've got Jarvis Landry. Like, you've got two running backs that, I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, this is probably the best fit for Mike McCarthy, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You tell me what you think, but when I look at all these different jobs, I feel like that's the most ready-made to win right away. And I don't think that's, you know, aside, we'll get to the Cowboys in a minute. But, I mean, certainly when you look at the talent on the roster, it's there. And mm-hmm. if Mike McCarthy can just come in and basically, obviously you can't do the exact same things you did in Green Bay, but you can do a lot of things pretty similar there. Yeah, I think you at, at this point uh, there's a, like as you mentioned wild card wise there's just so many names that have been thrown out with the Browns <laughs> it just kind of seems like they're just kind of throwing it out of the wall and see what sticks. I mean, I know there are the reports that Paul DeBatista who had wanted Kevin Stefanski and some of these other candidates last round is now getting, you know, way more say in terms of what they're going to do and he's kind of leading this head coaching search. So that tends to make me think he might go with someone else, uh, one of these younger offensive coordinator kind of guys uh, or guys some of these guys from college i as you said urban meyer um not likely as a part of this as we previously may have thought given uh, what was said by the haslams today so 
Uh, I, yeah, Mike McCarthy, another fellow to Ron Rivera, fellow certified adult here. I feel like in terms of <laughs> all the things we talked about just a, a moment ago about him possibly adapting kind of his own philosophy as an offensive coach, combine that with his experience leading a franchise like the Packers with so much structure for so long. I think it could be a great fit, absolutely. Um, we'll see what ends up happening, what other opportunities McCarthy gets. But yeah, with all the weapons they have, um, I just I, I just want to make sure <laughs> if, I, if I'm them, if uh, you know they're, they're going to do what they're going to do. The Haslam's have kind of done what they've wanted to do since they've bought the team. But I think they need to take into account not just the best maybe schematic person, and there's so many great coaches in terms of what they're able to draw up and what they're able to dial up and all these things at this point. You have to combine that with someone that you are confident is going to fix the culture and right now it's a obviously a complete mess given all the things that have happened with all the players wanting out and everything we've talked about so uh, when I see some of these other names of less experienced guys like uh, you know LaFleur's uh, brother right Mike LaFleur being involved in this and then Brian uh, Doble at, from the Bills offense coordinator an, an intriguing option for sure that has really done a great job there um, but I just think at this point, I do agree that McCarthy just makes kind of the most sense in terms of what you need to fix, uh, not just on uh, on the field, but off the field as well. Well, and the Browns would have a coach that won a Super Bowl. I mean, like that to me, <laughs> why not, right? I mean, you could do a lot worse here. And, you know, we went back and forth on the Mike McCarthy thing in terms of, yes, it was time for the split with the Packers. I think everyone knew mm-hmm. that. Um, but, I mean, still, <laughs> the, the guy has had success. And, you know what, That's uh, the Browns haven't. And so if you want someone that has that proven success, uh, he's probably the, the best route to go, to be honest, of all these different candidates at this point. Um, so we'll see. But like you said, you could also see him going that that young route with someone like McDaniels. Uh, you know, Belichick's connections there, just that. We Who knows? Like there's so many different wild cards here. You know, Greg Roman, like we said. Who knows? I mean, you just mm-hmm. – you have no idea what the Browns are going to do. And I think that makes this – they're ultimately the one, I think, that's going to impact this whole domino effect the most because – uh, you know, if they go with Mike McCarthy, then certainly that changes the strategy uh, of some of the other ones. So we'll see. All right, let's go to the Giants now because the Giants have lots of different names we've seen. And again, these are uh, some very similar ones. I mean, Eric B. Enemy's on there. Uh, Mike McCarthy's interviewing this week. You mentioned Mike LaFleur. Uh, he's also in the mix, going to interview uh, Chris Richard. I mean, from Dallas, he's going to be on there. Josh McDaniels, uh, Joe Judge. But I mean, it's just. <laughs> Go, go on down. Similar the, to the Browns. It's, yes. just a, it's just a pile of names. The, the Giants are picking as many names as they can find. Uh, Matt Rule, we've also said, is someone who has been purported many times as, as a likely favorite among the group there. Uh, whether that happens, who knows. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I think this is the best job for Josh McDaniels because, and there's a couple reasons why, You've got a running back, you've got a quarterback, you've got two young players, and while I know the Giants fans are, are going to want to win quickly, here's the thing. is I, I think it's a situation where at least Josh McDaniels would not be jumping right back into a situation where you know he immediately fails. I mean, look, we, we saw with that Broncos situation – you know, mm-hmm. he came in, they had success right away, it went south quickly, um, and then ultimately the pressure built, though, with the Broncos to where, look, I mean, they, you know, the way it started, it's just like, I don't think they're, and people are going to laugh at this, but I know it's New York, but I don't know that that pressure is going to just be so overwhelming right away 
for him to win because you do have that young nucleus to lean on there. And if they can just figure some things out on defense, uh, you know, maybe they're they're able to move. So because the offense, they have a lot of potential. We talked about mm-hmm. that all season long. Um, so I don't know. Like with with his ability, you know, you've worked with Tom Brady for so long. What can Daniel Jones do? You've got Saquon Barkley. Um, I I don't think this is the route the Giants are going to go, but I do think for me, if I want to stay away from the Browns, uh, this may be the next best option for Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I think it's a great option for both sides. I, I don't know, again, if McDaniels would jump out. I, I just feel like if he wasn't going to take that Colts job again, yeah. I'm like, what, what job is he going to take? <laughs> I, I guess at a certain point, uh, maybe, but I, I don't know if he's still – I mean, he's still a fairly young guy. I mean, is he? maybe he's still holding that hope or uh, belief that from what he's talked about, we don't know exactly everything that went into that meeting with Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick yeah. when he decided to stay after accepting the Colts job. Maybe there was – as, as people have speculated, a promise that when Belichick does step away that he'd become the Patriots head coach. So it really depends on what he wants and what he uh, what he's feeling. But yeah, like you said, it might, it might not end up mattering if the Giants go a different direction. Another franchise that we're talking about here with so many names attached. So it's yeah. hard to really tell at this point. We're early in the process and it makes sense for the Browns. I know I was kidding a little bit, but it makes sense for them to interview uh, if you don't really have like a set uh, guy that you're really sold on for sure just to interview as many qualified candidates as you can and get as as much information before making the decision yeah you're gonna have to find here a guy that's gonna really believe in Daniel Jones and that might be a a more difficult thing than uh, for some of these other teams even I know Baker Mayfield had a pretty brutal season and there's a lot of criticism on his end but uh, at this point, yeah, with Daniel Jones, a kind of uh, you're, you're going to want a guy that uh, obviously talking about offense. A lot of times with these coaches that they flip flop when they fire a coach to uh, the other side to defense yeah. or vice versa. I, I, I think they're going to stay with you know, on the offensive <laughs> side, as you're saying. At this point, they really need to make sure those two young guys and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are set up for the future. So in terms of the best option for the Giants, I do think, yeah, Josh McDaniels, this is a uh, franchise with a lot better structure with ownership and everything there. So I'm I'm less worried about what maybe some of the issues with having the McDaniels or um, some of these other young guys going to, you know, to the Browns with everything that's happened there. There's not really the same concerns here. You have a a lot of talented players. I mean, we think about Evan Ingram, how great he was before he got injured. There's there's some things to build around Uh, defensively, still have concerns but overall uh, a, a better situation with ownership I know you know Shermer didn't last too long yeah. but it, really the results were really pretty bad especially given this year given how bad that that division was they probably expected a little better performance overall so we'll see I don't know how uh, I've I, I'm sure going back to some of the early episodes of this podcast I've criticized Dave Gettleman's decisions oh, and some of the things he said and I won't get into all of that I forgot exactly what he said this week he said that the um, so he was talking about running the ball, and he said that I think he, one of the things he said, or at least maybe this was today. I saw this one today, maybe uh-huh. um, about how he he said something about how the Giants they need to stat, like they need to get back to running the ball. And then his examples were that the Chiefs look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are in the playoffs because they ran the ball or something like that. Now I'm not quote, quoting him word for word, but it's like everybody's pointing out. Well, you know the Chiefs do have Patrick Mahomes, and um, I think they're throwing the ball quite a bit. We, it's just like yeah. there was something of that yeah. nature, and he pointed out the Saints too. Which yes, the Saints have Kamara mm-hmm. and Latavius Murray, but I mean they still have Drew Brees and Michael. Like it's just I think it was the way he said it more so. You you understood what he meant, uh, 
uh, yeah. but I, I don't know. So I got a, one of the direct quotes. He was talking about the Giants uh, improving their analytics department, and he said, we've hired yeah. four computer folks. <laughs> right. So <laughs> we're completely redoing the back end of our college and pro scouting systems with four computer folks. So hope those computer folks can <laughs> figure uh, out how to fix their offensive line of defense. But, yeah, no, overall, <laughs> just the, some of the things that this, you know, that he's said in the past, and I don't, we don't need to go all into it completely. But nonetheless, I do have a concern if I'm a coach. Uh, you, you really want, obviously, not every franchise is going to have perfect marriages between GMs and coaches, but some of the more successful ones, you think, obviously, the shining example this year is John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan with the Niners. You want to have that kind of cohesion between the two, and that that is part of the equation here as well. And that's one thing when I think of Josh McDaniels. I wonder how he and Gettleman <laughs> would get along considering yeah. what McDaniels has had the, uh, the uh, you know, being lucky really to be in Belichick yeah. system for as long as he has. Yeah, that's true, and that's a good point. And like we said, it's you know you see that too. It's like Ron Rivera, you would think, would not be the kind of person that would fit with with Dan Snyder either. And it's like you know, but I don't know. Like maybe eventually these guys get it right. And it's just like I mean, you don't know, and that's what fans are open for. But we'll see. I mean, but I think from a fit standpoint, I would I think it would be fun to, to see that as a fit. But like you said, if you won't leave for the call to i guess in some sense i mean they probably had a better leadership structure there um kind of knowing what you're getting into i guess but um i don't know i I don't know but it is the nfc east and that's what we keep going back to is i mean (laughs) i I think that division has to be a draw at this point um because you kind of know it's a mess and and Mm -hmm. i don't know that that's going to be an appealing part i think for a lot of these candidates all right that leads us to the big one, uh, the one that's not even open yet, and we're both surprised by that. <laughs> um, and I think the the longer this goes on, Dylan, to me, I'm telling you, the longer this keeps these keeps drawing out, I, I could very well at this point now, I'm leaning like, you know what, I could see him coming back. Um, and of oh, course, man. we're talking about Jason Garrett with the Cowboys. Uh, all the reports on Thursday, you know, they had the meeting, which led to another meeting. Uh, and now apparently it's still business as usual. Meanwhile, all these other teams are out here interviewing every candidate under the sun. And the Cowboys are still, you know, just holding back. And, you know, one of the, I think, most recent rumors you saw out there uh, was about Lincoln Riley. And if the Cowboys, you know, just if they wound up struck, striking out on him, which, the, of course, the Oklahoma head coach, um, then they, they're just going to stick with Jason Garrett. Now, again, these are all rumors. And as we know, <laughs> yeah, Dylan, yeah. coaching carousel season, you're not going to find any more rumors than now. Um, we don't know what's true and what's not true. There's a lot of smoke screens out there. Um, so always remember that when you're looking at this stuff. But, I I don't know what happens now. I'm just saying it. I, I have no clue because I would have already expected something to happen here. But then the more I thought about it, too, it's Jerry Jones. And <laughs> he he is a very loyal guy. There, there's a lot of yeah. things we can knock him for, but he is loyal. And I think most people now would say he's loyal to a fault uh, because I, I don't know. It's just they can't possibly continue to let this drag out because if he decides to make the move, let's say, on Sunday or something – there, two of these jobs could already be filled. Like, I mean, yeah. there are more. Like, because most of these interviews are happening this weekend uh, for several of these guys. So, I mean, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley. Otherwise, like, I don't know because it seems like at this point, if the Cowboys feel like they can't get maybe one of those two guys, and this is just me reading into everything that we've seen, mm-hmm. maybe they don't make a move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, loyalty is great, but. Uh, like how how can they really after that season 
just uh, yeah, like what are the fans going to do if he's still the head coach? I, I loyalty again, loyalty is yeah. great, but you could do you know we've seen uh, I think of the Dodgers with their old GM Ned Coletti. You can kind of like give them another role in the in the you know that was the, the article we had on clutch points where it said Dallas yep. may be considering a new role for Jason Garrett that's great like you can if you don't want to completely just you know move on from him and have some sort of way for him to still be in the organization and he's open to that that's fine but I, I just if he's the head coach I mean what what is the, what are the fan like not just social media wise but at the games all the practice you know training camps mini camps everything leading up to the draft I mean the, everyone's going to be so upset all of, all of the many cowboy fans that are already you know disappointed with how the season went so in terms of what might happen I mean I, I do think obviously like Ron Rivera for example and you know initially before all this stuff happened it was rumored that he could possibly have been a candidate I don't blame him for jumping on the job because as you know there's only so many of the jobs open we've we've mentioned a lot more names great coaching uh, uh, prospects here than we have open jobs so that's like you're mentioning by the time they actually do make a decision here there might be some of these top guys that they're thinking about being off the table um, you know, but again, if they're really only considering, you know, like you're saying, Lincoln Riley and Urban Meyer and Matt Rule and these guys that are maybe less inclined to jump to the NFL unless they have a great opportunity. I mean, this is one of the better, you know, out of out of the open jobs, the amount of talent that's already in place, I don't think can be really matched um, yep. outside of what Dallas has, especially, I mean, the offense still finish <laughs> second in DVOA. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're, yep. we, I look at, again, their plus minus being plus 113. I know they beat a lot of bad teams but you compare that to the Seahawks at plus seven <laughs> the yep. Eagles at plus 31 those two teams are going to play in a playoff game against each other <laughs> and they're not even you know basically a third of the, the point differential of the Cowboys this is a great uh situation and you do have this added factor of uh you were talking about the loyalty of of uh Jerry Jones <laughs> then you're feeling like if you're the next head coach you're probably going to be there for quite some time given some leeway and people aren't going to be as uh, likely to jump on you you know immediately it's not it's just not really what this organization has done for all the things that we have said about Jerry Jones in the past and uh, different things about where this organization has struggled in the last, you know, you know, almost two decades really now. So uh, I, I don't, it's weird. It's, <laughs> I'd be frustrated if I were a Cowboys fan. I know that at, le- at the very least, that's the one thing out of this whole situation. I know I would be frustrated because it's, it's the, the writings on the wall. It's time to move on. And there's plenty of great names out there. And, uh, and I believe most of those names would look at the Cowboys as the best opening. Yeah. Well, here's my thing, too, and it looks ahead to next year. If you do keep him, like, they get the AFC North and the NFC West next year. Like, those – so they they get the Ravens. uh, You know, do you expect the Steelers to be better? Uh, the Browns, we expect to probably be better, depending on who they hire. Um, you get the Rams, you get the Seahawks, you get the 49ers. You know, you get two games against the Eagles. They also have the Vikings. I think we expect the Falcons to be better. Like, their schedule, the way you look yeah. at it, like, if, if these teams all hold, which there will be changes in free agency in the draft, we know that, but, like, it's not going to be an easy schedule. And I think mm-hmm. that's something you have to consider, too. It's like if they do bring him back like who's to say they even get to to eight and eight like you know and, and that's the thing is i don't know man I, because i think if you look at the schedules you could very well say that their schedule i mean next year is going to be much much tougher than it was this yeah. year because like we said they had the you know the games against the the lower teams in the um the afc east and, the easiest schedules yeah, yeah. And, and so i don't know man like i think that's a that's a bad spot. The way – if he keeps him, the way I, th- I see this playing out is Dallas gets off to a tough start next year. You know, if Jerry Jones decides to fire him after six games 
and <laughs> and then you're back at square and everyone's you know angry because it's like why didn't we do this you know whatever six eight months ago um I, yeah i don't know i i think at this point with all the stuff that's out there They've got to make a move. I mean, he can't. Well, never mind. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say Jerry Jones can't be that oblivious. But you know what? Yeah, he, he could. He could. Yeah, I, I won't be shocked. That's uh, it, and it's funny because just you know a couple of weeks ago, people were talking about him possibly getting fired before the season season even ended, and then it was like, oh, he's gonna definitely keep him through the end. And then you're like, well, this will be this will be quick. And I know that uh, technically, I. I believe I read that he's under contract till like the middle of this month. So they could just let it expire and then go from there. But I don't know what the point of that is. I mean, yeah, when every <laughs> other know, job just, has been filled at that point and you're yeah. just, what do you do? So, uh, well, uh, again, we don't know what, you know, we saw the rumors about Jason Garrett, the giants and all this other stuff. So, there, there's lots of different ways this could go. If the Cowboys do make a move, there's going to be a big domino effect. If the Cowboys don't make a move, there's probably still going to be a little bit of a domino effect uh, because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, how does that change everyone else's strategies? I don't know. So we'll see. You didn't, uh, you didn't even mention on that on that schedule that we got we got Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor combo that's too. That's true. I don't forgot the Bengals. Yes, yeah. the, the Bengals are going to be much improved. So wouldn't that be something, man? The, the Bengals. I don't even know where that game's at, but. Um. Yeah that that would be something you want to talk about. Oh, that would be like I almost want him to fire Jason Garrett just so Jason Garrett is not put in this situation. Like it's just I don't know. Like you never feel bad for somebody that's making that many millions of dollars, but uh, it's it's just come on. You, you got to do something here. So all right, that's the newest update on the coaching carousel. By the time we finish recording this podcast, I'm sure there'll be 18 other guys being interviewed. Somebody will hire a head coach. That's usually how it works. So uh, we'll see. But uh, all right, let's move on to the games. And uh, we go into our picks for the wild card round. Uh, this is always a lot of fun. You know, our, we do it in the regular season. It's always fun to look at all these games. But now we actually get to focus on a few games and not uh, the whole slate. Uh, all right, Dylan, let's start uh, the way that we should only start, and that's with your Buffalo Bills back in the playoffs <laughs> here, heading to Houston to take on the Texans on Saturday. The Texans are three-point favorites uh, in this one. All right, let's look at this matchup, Dylan. Uh, what stands out the most to you in this one? And then, of course, uh, we've got to have a pick here. Although I already know where you're leaning. I mean, we, I think America does as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not too difficult to decipher that. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm going to pick the Bills as my. Uh, we're still doing at least one upset. Or, I mean, yep. maybe not next round, but this round it worked out pretty well uh, with the Bills. Yeah, three point underdogs. Um, I in terms of what stands out the most to me, I, I just overall obviously, as, if you listen to this podcast enough, you know I'm always looking at DVOA to kind of so that I have something on top of just watching all the games to kind of supplement it, me to keep my uh, what I have in check. I mean the, the Texans, for example, are a team that you think about their offense with Deshaun Watson and you think of them as being probably a top ten unit. Yet they're 17th in DVOA, have not really performed well against some of these better defenses. Uh, obviously, they beat the Patriots down pretty soundly in that in that Sunday night game early this year and. They They've played well against some better competition, but overall, a team that's kind of been up and down at certain points. We're not always, it's not the most predictable team by any means. The Bills, I mean, they do lose the Pats at the end of the season, but 
overall this team has made some huge strides i, I wrote some you know a couple took a few notes down this was from bill barnwell of espn um one big thing the texans really rely on are big shot plays and uh, a team that obviously deandre hopkins is one thing but will fuller it's questionable probably going to play uh they're a team that really relies on big chunks of yardage to really you know kickstart drives and when they're when they're slow to get first downs they, they find ways to get big plays and buffalo has excelled immensely against that exact uh, thing and they since 2018 have only allowed 26 plays of 30 or more yards that is by far the fewest in the nfl they really force you to take the underneath throws uh to, you know just nickel and down down the field and it gets really tough especially with how good their run defense has been and, and we look at their offense too so i you know houston 17th in dvoa buffalo only 22nd and then on the flip side buffalo a top 10 defense the texans 26th in dvoa they have really <laughs> struggled we've talked about their secondary mostly the run defense has been solid at certain points but overall this is a game where you know Josh Allen for his first playoff game uh, I, I not a lot of defenses you'd rather face and uh, you know Houston has a good home crowd in my opinion but it is inside of a dome it's not the toughest place to play on the road I just I just feel like the Bills are going to find a way to win this one I really think the way they're moving as an organization where Sean McDermott has the mindset everything they have going I, I don't think they're going to probably beat whoever they face after this uh, given that the Chiefs and Ravens are kind of in their own tier almost at this point in the AFC but uh, I do think the Bills will find a way I mean to last season the Texans same spot here you know hosting the the first 130 game on a Saturday and they really really dropped the ball against the Colts it's a much different opponent here um, but I, I do anticipate it staying close and obviously I would never be shocked if Deshaun Watson that's the one thing for me when I I think about it uh, on this pick it's like he could just go off and then uh, even even you know those all those stats about all those uh, non-big plays against them that could all go out the window real quick the, the, him and DeAndre Hopkins are just so special so we'll see what happens but I'll let you tell me why you're picking maybe along with me. Yeah, it was uh, – sorry, Deshaun Watson. You're not on my fantasy team anymore. I'm done with you. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, see, I, I thought about this game, and, and I don't know if it's the, the AFC South effect or if it's the Bill O'Brien effect or, or all those different things that could go into it. Um, I, I just – I don't know what it is. I just – I don't trust the Texans, and I think it, it probably does go back to that AFC South and – I think the Bills' defense is good enough. Like you said, I just I, I think they're good enough to win a game like this. Now, I worry about their offense. I'm not going to lie about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly what we're going to get from the Bills' offense, but <laughs> because I do think this could be a pretty low-scoring type of game, um, I I just tend to, to lean on the Bills here because I've seen them enough this season. I, you know, and that well, the game that stood out to me, and I know the Steelers didn't make the playoffs, but – you know, that game they won in primetime in Pittsburgh, like there were some of the things there you just sort of saw from the Bills. It's like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like they're just going to find a way to win. And I, the Texans, I just, I don't know. Like, I, And again, maybe that's the, the AFC South, uh, our branding here of them, uh, just never knowing what you're going to get. But I, I just don't trust them. And I know mm-hmm. they're getting J.J. Watt back, and that could – you know how much he plays i don't know but but that could certainly play a factor because um you know josh allen though with the way he can run i i'm really worried about this pick but at the same mm-hmm. time i think that <laughs> i think the defense is good enough to where they could cause some issues here and i you know the texans we've seen in the past in, in scenarios like this like i i just i don't know what it is i i, I don't yeah. know that we can completely trust either team here uh, there's a, <laughs> i guess there's a reason why they're playing in the wild card game and not in the divisional mm-hmm. round 
but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take the Bills here. Uh, my upset of the week, of course, it will go down the line here. You'll see why. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going there. So if I'm wrong, it's all on you because you're the one that started yeah. this, this whole bandwagon. I- I have two more stats that help support our pick. So another part of this, uh, the Bills' sixth best red zone defense. So we're talking about a team that is going to make a lot of their opponents really slowly kind of chug down the field. And then when they get there, it's not easy to get in the end zone. Buffalo has been – their secondary is so good. And uh, you have that on top of – when you think about the Texans' defense, uh, as I mentioned how low they kind of rank DVA-wise, they have forced a good amount of turnovers. But we have a Bills team that until, you know, week 17, all their backups were in. But for 11 games from – week five on they only turn the ball over six times and it's just not they take uh, josh allen's really taking care of the ball better and it's just a thing that i think about this uh, and especially in the postseason how important it is to hold on the ball and force the other team to move you know really far down the field not give up really good field position i think that's another factor that just supports our pick for our buffalo bills now not just mine like it's now our buffalo Bills. <laughs> i'm on the bandwagon uh yeah so we'll see but like you said i I can also I can just see it now. Like Deshaun Watson comes out, DeAndre Hopkins scores two touchdowns <laughs> in the first ten minutes of the game, and yep. uh, you know it's a blowout. So there you go. That's the playoffs. That's what you get. We know what to expect uh, there. All right, to the one we've already been hyping up. Uh, you go back to our previous episode. Uh, we were hyping this was up pretty good, and and it should not be a surprise. This is our both of our game of the week, unless Dylan decides to change his because we already sort of teased it. Uh, I, you know, the Titans at the Patriots. The Patriots are five-point favorites in this one. Um, uh, yeah, Almost just looking at that, the Patriots are only five-point favorites in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe something in and of itself. Uh, but it, it is this. This is so fascinating for so many reasons, and we, we documented them a little bit in the previous episode just about, you know, could, could this be the end of the Patriots dynasty? We saw them lose that game to the Dolphins. We were making the connections to, you know, losing to Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Dolphins as they are now, uh, and then possibly losing to Ryan Tannehill, the former Dolphins quarterback. Um, it would be quite a, a double whammy for the Patriots, uh, but this one means a little bit more, as we know. And I, I almost went there, Dylan. I, I really did. But I think for anyone who has listened <laughs> to this podcast through our first 38 episodes understands the, the two things that have been a common theme for me is, is I'm never ready to count out the Patriots no matter how mm-hmm. bad they look, and I'm never ready to trust the Titans. So for me, that made this actually a little bit easier of a pick than I expected uh, because I just – until I see it, I cannot pick against the Patriots here, and I, I certainly can't do it against the Titans just because I, I can't get rid of that stigma with the Titans just yet uh, of them maybe not – being able to to play well yeah. enough in a, in a situation like this yeah for everything Ryan you know we've talked so highly about Ryan Tannehill and the Titans what they've done but they really overall when you look at kind of, you know some of these wins down the stretch the big one that stands out is probably against the Chiefs but overall they haven't beat that many really good defenses and uh, as much as you know the Patriots have struggled they lose last week uh, with so much on the line with the bye and uh, it's not like they were just mailing that game in against Miami they they got beat and that's definitely a concern but this defense still finished uh, you know at the top of the NFL DVOA wise 16th best DVOA by a defense in almost 40 years it's just they're still elite and I still yeah I, I, as you said if you listen to this podcast we're not going to count the, the Patriots out we're not going to count Belichick out and you just you feel like they're, they're going to find a way to win the game I, well, I put that I might change it I meant with the, the pick itself I was thinking about 
you know, oh, just taking a chance okay. on the Titans. Um, it is my game of the week. The one I'm most excited for, as we said last week. Uh, some of the things I <laughs> put down on here, I mean, the Titans did finish sixth at the offense, uh, sixth best offense at DVOA. They, uh, you know, obviously last year, Vrabel in his first game against Belichick, they soundly beat the Patriots. And I think they're in a much better place offensively than they were then. Uh, the defense, that's a bigger question mark. But we've seen, you know, more recently, you know, going back to last year, the Lions beat the Patriots with Matt Patricia, another former Patriots coach and obviously Brian Flores last week there's been this kind of trend of these of these uh, disciples of Belichick now find and rather compared to some of the older ones um, that did not have so much success with uh, you know we think about Mangini and uh, McDaniels as you mentioned in his first uh, tenure with the Broncos so uh, the, but these guys have you know they've had success against them and it's it's going to be different in the playoffs uh, it's not the <laughs> it's a lot different uh, than a regular season game when Belichick's really going to put everything on the table figure out what he needs to do to get a win um, so, yeah, at the end of the day, I just could not go back against the Patriots. Another note I put down, yeah, one of the best slot corners in the NFL on the, is on the Titans and Logan Ryan. And as we've talked about a lot of times, it's been a really big struggle outside of Julian Edelman for some of these receivers to perform well. They did a bit better against Buffalo. We saw Brady trusting some of these younger guys a bit more. But overall, that's another factor for me when I started thinking about maybe the flip side. It's, I just don't think it's an easy matchup. I think it's going to be a great game. I don't think the Patriots are going to run away with this one like you know you could you might have thought in the past i'll be i'll be really surprised if they do because the titans do present a pretty pretty tough matchup just uh, on both sides of the ball special teams that's i'm telling you that's could be that, what, yeah. <laughs> that could be it for this game like i really think that could be sort of because i don't i don't expect this to be a situation I mean, we've seen the patriots offense hasn't been dominant enough to come out and beat a team like this by 21 points like i just i don't sense that mm-hmm. at all uh, so in a close game like this, special teams. And we know the Titans have had their issues with that this year. Um, so that could be something that, that comes up in a game like this. We'll see. But I, as we both said, very fascinated by this game. Uh, much more fascinated than we expect it to be, I'm sure. Uh, if we'd have been talking about this, you know, however long ago, yeah. uh, eight weeks ago, if we'd had the same conversation. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it could be wild. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> who knows? It's the Titans, so that's naturally what I expect. So, uh, all right, let's move over to the NFC games uh, on Sunday. The Vikings are at the Saints. The Saints are seven and a half point favorites uh, in this one. Boy, that line just keeps uh, keeps pushing there. Um, I and we we sort of teased this too on the previous episode, but I, I never at any point have considered picking the Vikings in this game. I just I don't. And again, it's coming from the guy who picked them to win the division to start the year. Um, I there's just it's and I hate to keep going back to Kirk Cousins, but. I just don't see a scenario where this is just – I can't trust the Vikings. Like, it's sort of a similar, similar mm-hmm. situation with some of these other teams. I just I can't trust them. And as much as I want to trust them, as much as I've seen how good they can be, I just don't trust them. And you're going in and playing a team like the Saints who have been here many times before. In these scenarios, you have someone like yep. Drew Brees under center. Um, you know, the running back matchup, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Alvin Kamara, uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, even the backups, Latavius Murray, mm-hmm. you know, Alexander Madison. That's that's a fun <laughs> that's a fun group. But yeah. at the rest of the spots, and I think the Vikings defense can do some things here to, to make things mm-hmm. difficult on the Saints. Uh, I do think that if the Vikings offense just are consistent passing wise, like they could be okay here, but I can, there's no way like, and to be honest, like if we, 
you know, I guess if we were making a lock of the week, which is very dangerous to do, you know, I I, <laughs> I might even get close to doing that here. Yeah. Uh, but it's just I I think the Saints are probably if I go up and down the line, I, there's no doubt in my mind that if I had to pick one of these four games mm-hmm. where I felt the most confident in, it would be this one. Yeah, it's the easy pick for the lock if we were doing it. I mean, we can, but nonetheless, yeah, when you look at all the other three matchups, it just they don't stand out the same way this one does. I mean, not only is, are the Saints one of the hottest teams in the NFL, this is a 13-3 and bona fide, like, amazing team that has to play in wildcard weekend just because three teams went 13-3 and in the NFC, and they got the short end of the stick with the tiebreakers. So, uh, yeah, when I, th- when I think about Minnesota possibly, can, uh, you know, having a chance in this one, I do think of the injuries that New Orleans has had – you know Sheldon Rankins and Marcus Davenport and then Eli Apple is a pretty big one that uh, went down against the Titans I will see what Janoris Jenkins if he can really uh, you know they picked him up and see if he can really jump in and play a big role I think it could be part of what they need uh, to slow down the passing attack for the Vikings but at the same time in my mind I'm like you know this isn't this game's not in Minnesota like it was a couple years ago it's a different quarterback I I love Cam Jordan's comment when someone uh, some reporter asked about the Minneapolis miracle and he's like it wasn't that too years ago and five quarterbacks so a go for them so it's a it's a much different situation at this point um and i i just can't get you know the idea of picking Kirk cousins in this atmosphere against the strawberries offense i just don't think at the end of the day yeah minnesota's defense strong has been solid all year but uh, as i've said a few times they've struggled quite a bit against some of the better offenses and uh right now the saints everything's clicking for them when they have the ball i just i you out of all these like you said it's the one you feel the most confident about that the saints are going to get it done and move on to what will be a really intriguing saints packers in the lambo uh, matchup in the divisional around yep i would look forward to that uh that would be something but i can also envision that you know the vikings twitter accounts getting ready to tweet something out and i hear my voice all of a sudden uh, what <laughs> i just said is like they're replaying this and um it's, it's just that nightmare you see uh pop up there <laughs> but i i don't know like we said it i think most people are going to go this direction and i think most people honestly would probably say the same thing uh, when you look at all these different games and just knowing how the saints have played uh, knowing that we just we still don't trust the vikings um it's it's probably a pretty easy pick for a lot of people but we'll see what happens uh in that one all right the seahawks at the eagles we'll wrap it up uh for the wild card round and uh i mean you could probably you know we mentioned the titans and the and the patriots you could you can make the case that this could be the game of the week uh, probably because we don't know what the heck to expect from either one of them. <laughs> um, so I think that I, I did. I went back and forth on this one more, even more so, honestly, than the Bills and the Texans um, mm-hmm. because I I just – I don't know. And it does go back to – I think more so on this one, we've seen the flaws of these two teams. And mm-hmm. for me, I think the flaws stood out a lot more than the strengths. And it's like, okay, well, which one do you trust, I guess, less or more? Um I'm going to let you make your pick first because I, I, I know which direction you're headed in. but I, And maybe by the time you give your reasoning, I'll change my pick. But I'm set right now, but we'll, we'll let you have the floor first here. Yeah, I mean, I so I've, I, as we've talked about it a few times, I picked the Eagles before the season to win the Super Bowl. So this really kind of goes completely against that whole <laughs> pick. But, I, I, yeah, it is a game that I had a uh, more of a – or a less of an idea than any of the others in terms of me just thinking yep. it can go any way. As you said, we talked about the weaknesses. Obviously, Philly's secondary and just the injuries are just so ridiculous how many have piled up. And then for the Seahawks, a team that, you know, despite – 
pot almost getting a, a buy or, or winning the division at least just coming up one yard short against San Francisco this is a team that has you know gone nine and two in one score games they've they're again their uh, point differential is just under 10 it's ridiculous this it's not the they don't have the numbers that you think of when you think of uh, the team that was you know before the last couple of weeks really looked like a, had a great shot at getting a buy and here they are now as the five seed I, I think it fits them a bit better but I still think they're really talented and I think it starts with Russell Wilson I mean this guy has been ridiculous I know Lamar Jackson after how many weeks into the season kind of took over the MVP conversation but for a while before that Wilson was mentioned in the same breath and one of the stats that I dug up on this uh, Seattle this year went up against you know the second ranked uh, defensive Niners twice they had to play the Steelers who finished third in DVOA the Ravens finished fourth Tampa Bay Bucks which I love this that they finished fifth in DVOA we can talk about it at a different time which is amazing and the Vikings who finished seventh in those games Russell Wilson had a pass rating over 100 with 14 touchdowns and three picks that's ridiculous and he's going to be facing the secondary in a team that is not nearly on the level of those defenses yes the, they played earlier in this year it was a weird game that Seahawks won but the weather was awful I remember it was yeah the Russell Wilson had a wide open touchdown the wind just took the ball it's kind of a weird environment if if the elements play a huge factor maybe I would have considered changing my pick to the Eagles I at home but I just I, I given everything that Seattle's done this year it's been kind of a magical year I just don't I just had a hard time picking against them letting it end in the wild card round I I just maybe it's me more on a on a selfish level really wanting to see another <laughs> Niners Seahawks game in the next round I think that would be great to see those teams match up for a, a third grudge match after they each split with road victories I, I that would be exciting to me whereas the Eagles as much as I'm uh, you know they've it's been impressive what they've done the last couple of weeks of you know figuring finding a way to to get that division and they've battled through more injuries than it seems like any team that i can remember but i if they if they do find a way to win this game i just think they're going to get crushed by the niners so that's part of it as well <laughs> well i'm gonna just like i did with the rams for a while for you i kept their playoff hopes going i'm gonna keep your super bowl pick going here another week at least <laughs> Um, I, I'm going to take the Eagles here. And, and again, I, I, you know, I think this is the, of all the ones, like we said, I really think this is probably the most one that I feel like is a toss up. Now, a lot of people would probably point to the Bills and Texans and maybe be able to say that, but I, they do. I just, I just think this is a game where it really, I, maybe it is, maybe it's the recency bias here of just seeing how well the Eagles have been able, and not necessarily, I mean, they haven't mm-hmm. been great, but yet they've just seemingly got their confidence back. Um, they, they've sort of got that feel of a team that, yeah, they probably shouldn't be here, um, or they probably shouldn't <laughs> win this game, because like you said, with all the injuries they've had, everything they've had to sort of fight through uh, in terms of just not having the depth we thought they would on either side of the ball, to be honest, uh, because of injuries mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I also feel like there's just something that says they're going to find a way to win this game. And, uh, mm-hmm. no, it's it's really hard to pick against Russell Wilson in this scenario. But you know what? I think Carson Wentz has made it equally as hard to pick against him yeah. uh, because mm-hmm. he's been so good. And, and so – I'll take the Eagles just that way. You know, at least we have one we're going to be split on here. Um, so while I won the regular season picks, this will at least give you a chance uh, to get off to a head start here in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles. I, I, you know, it, it is like I, the second round. You know, a divisional matchup would be much better uh, if we saw a scenario where it would be Seahawks 49ers. I think we all know that. 
but I, I'm going to just take mm-hmm. the Eagles here and, and sort of lean on uh, my boy Carson Wentz uh, really playing well, <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll take them in this spot. So, um, all right, so that wraps up uh, our picks for the wild card round and, of course, the, the coaching carousel all over the place right now. I'm sure there will be a lot more stuff coming out with that. Uh, but, Dylan, uh, let's go ahead and let everyone know where they can find all of our great stuff for Clutch Points here as we are getting ready for the start of the playoffs. Yeah, so you can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section for all of our content. We'll be, you know, as we already have, but we'll continue to have tons of updates on all of the coaching stuff, all of the rumors that are going to come out too uh, eventually about players that are going to be free agents and all that stuff. So uh, go there for that. Um, also, you can w- follow games and look at news as well that we write up on the NFL on, in the Clutch Points app in the NFL section there. The games for the playoffs are there, so you can follow along live with analysis and all the highlights as you're watching live. And then, yeah, all of our news and everything is there we'll be you know we've been sending out notifications there with a lot of these interesting updates obviously when people actually get hired like Rivera those things are covered as well but we try to find some of the other little rumors and interesting fun things that are kind of happening and try to at least delve out you know some of the stuff that isn't <laughs> completely you know not a, not every rumor is going to be true but nonetheless it is fun to think about all these different scenarios that could happen we also have editorial content on you know for the Cowboys you know what guys should they target all that good stuff so i appreciate all the readers and listeners and yeah excited for the playoffs to finally start it's crazy that uh, (laughs) we are here as we've talked about but uh it's i've missed football it's thursday it's only been a few days we've had all these bowl games yet still missing the nfl game so excited for this to start finally yeah it feels very strange that uh we're not you know doing this in the middle of an an NFL game, we're getting ready to talk about an NFL game that's going to happen uh, the same night. But, yeah, that's because we have more important games to be played, and uh, they will start on Saturday. So, yeah, be sure to head over to Clutch Points. Check all that out. Subscribe to the podcast, uh, and we will talk to you guys next time here. We'll go into uh, certainly looking at our picks from uh, the wild card, how we did, uh, what happened with all the matchups, and then we will look ahead uh, to the divisional matchups. And I'm sure Dylan will also uh, have plenty of coaching news uh, to talk about. <laughs> so uh, be sure to subscribe. Check all that out. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.